Blog Talk Radio. Well, we had some audio uh, difficulties right at the beginning of the podcast, but I think we're up and running right now. This is uh, your loyal host, Shane Winter, uh, reaching out to you from Radio Land. We have a little different format uh, this time around, which will feature myself, Shane, and another esteemed colleague of mine who's very well in the professional wrestling world, which is another way of saying he's a giant loser. And uh, <laughs> that person would be Jimbo JB. I think we'll go with JB as his uh, pseudonym this time around. Uh, JB, are you there? Uh, yes, Shane, I'm here. Oh, wonderful. So we're fully staffed tonight with uh, Shane Winter and uh, JB to uh, discuss the ins and outs, the ups and downs, uh, the crazy world of professional wrestling. And where to start? So much to do. We've uh, The Barbershop Window podcast has been on hiatus for a couple weeks now, and there's just plenty to get to uh, with the road of uh, the scary, windy, turbulent, uh, and yet boring road of WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, winding down to its double uh, awful conclusion this Sunday. Uh, there was a NXT show tonight, as I like to call it, which uh, I had a mixed reaction to. I'd like to hear uh, JB's opinion. And there's some other miscellaneous goods. The grab bag, if you will. The sad bag, we can also uh, call it, of just uh, little tidbits that have been happening in the world of wrestling that had been processed and regurgitated out by the IWC to mean nothing. Um, so one of the things that I would like to start off the bat, which is something that uh, none of our listeners, and by uh, I'm not implying I'm unpredictable, I'm just saying we have no listeners, um, <laughs> would expect me to bring up, and that is TNA. And uh, before... Um, you know, you change the channel, uh, change that dial on your AM, FM radio. Uh, I just want to say I won't be talking about this for long, but there was one particular storyline that, uh, that, well, I guess I should back up a little bit. TNA as they moved so, to Shane, Destination Shane, America. Uh, we're four days yes. away from WrestleMania, and you want to discuss TNA. Is that right? <laughs> You you got that right. You, you hit the nail okay. on the head right. there. I think this is a yeah, this is a huge priority of mine. But uh, this will juxtapose with my WrestleMania thoughts. If you just give me a a little time, Car. Uh, okay, I'm All surprised right. so we'll you're uh, itching right. to talk so readily in your first podcast appearance. But regardless, um, and ever since TNA moved to Destination America. I think it's been a, a a pretty decent show. There's a lot of interesting uh, angles going on. There's no authority figure, which I'm loving the hell out of, 
Um, they they kind of lean on the idea of factions, well, at least one dominant factions, but it's led by MVP, who I just consider always a treat on the mic. But uh, Shane, where are you going with this? I'll get to it. The one storyline that has really been unbelievable, I think the storyline of the year, I know I, uh, I, I'm very hyperbolic and dramatic sometimes, but I don't think that's, that's wrong to say. The storyline of the wrestling year so far as we approach May, the most build, the most pickup, has been EC3 uh, Rockstar Spud, which culminated two weeks ago in a, a TNA Impact match with the hair versus hair match, um, which ended up with Rockstar Spud playing a complete babyface singing the UK's national anthem to a raucous crowd, hitting some great spots like a plancha over the top rope and then some other great, um, really cool sequences, uh, carrying Ethan Carter through the match, who's played an unbelievable heel role um, and came with a fake turn, a believable fake turn at the end by EC3 um, into eventual uh an actual payoff. Can you fucking believe it? A payoff in a wrestling angle, which culminated with uh, Rockstar Spud's head shave. JB, did you see any of this? Uh, maybe not, I'm sure you saw some of the buildup. Did you see this particular match? I actually, uh, no, I did not. And uh, it's interesting because I, I do actually agree with you that the EC3 stuff and the Rockstar Spud stuff is is good. It's just, it's very difficult to watch that entire show for me. And uh, so <laughs> I've had to miss uh, this great angle you speak of. So uh, feel free to continue. I, I shall. Is it hard for you to watch because of the content or is it because Destination America only exists, um, you know, when you put aluminum foil on your ceiling and adjust <laughs> the bunny ears to your television? Like, why? why does it... Why is it so I, difficult yeah, to watch? The content. I mean, it's I've tried so many times. I mean, this is, you know, over 10 years now, I think, with TNA. I've tried so many times to do <laughs> TNA. I mean, I've get into quite a few wrestling promotions, and TNA is one that just turns me away every single time. I remember watching the first show on Destination America, and I was getting into it. There. You know, the they, they do show. have some good talent there. <laughs> they do have some good yeah. talent there. But, I mean, right. it's just really... Uh, struggles and then the whole thing depending on the factions and the way that first episode on Destination America ended where this MVP faction came about, it, it, to me, is just a complete mess. Um, it just turns me off the whole show. Like, I can't just watch for EC3. That's a two-hour show, and he's on for like 10 minutes. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I think this, I'm a little more favorable about the show. That first show was particularly ridiculous as they just, uh, like, the heels took one bus to the Manhattan Center or the Hammerstein <laughs> Ballroom or whatever, and the faces took another, and then they just met out front and just started brawling <laughs> on the street outside. It was ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> right I in front of us. I appreciate the opening to that show, but it was, uh, you know, they were trying something different, and, you know, they're on a new network. Right. Just, you know, we're going to come out and do something yeah, sure. interesting. I guess it was okay. But the, uh, yeah. you know, they built up, like, you know, a decent 
rivalry there throughout the show of Rude and yeah. Lashley, and that was going to be a good time. I mean, and the match was okay. And then, sure enough, well, what I love the yeah. I mean, this is just like another incarnation of the main event mafia and all these other things that they've yeah, yeah. all these other things they've tried and failed with. <laughs> right, right. And this isn't even as good as that. I mean, Beat that plan is like it's like a like a generic name they came up with, and it's, yeah, it's, overall it's, it's difficult to watch. I, that's my opinion. Not not just because it's on Destination America, but because the entire yeah. product. Well, no, I sympathize. I think it's funny now. Uh, I got a couple things to say about what you just said, but what's very funny is that opening um, to anybody from New York. You know, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. had a had a, a good failed stint in uh, DC, uh, JB, which you you remember. Um, but uh, but where they were fighting would have been like probably the same time, like right outside the TikTok diner there on like Hammerstein Ballroom, which would be right. like, you know, if if it's dusk in that area, all it is is drunk kids from Long Island puking up their nachos, like in front of, on like 34th and 8th, just like, like it, it's a, just a disaster area, like stumbling, trying to, you know, get back on the Long Island Railroad to get to the gym to, uh, you know, keep their gains to get their lifts on. Uh, but like, I, it's like when that scene was happening, I'm just like picturing like the the just the drunk kids on the sidewalk. Anyway, but um, at the beatdown clan, they they're going for you now. Um, it's actually one of the more original gimmicks that they stole. <laughs> um, right. Like a. <laughs> they're going for like a a nineties sort of rap group with like the 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 jackets that all match and like um uh so I give I give them sort of like some and the uh, ethnic persuasions of the members, of course. So much so <laughs> where I mean they they had the perfect angle to have a white Eric Young in that uh group and they resisted it at every opportunity, like when it made perfect logical sense. Like they they, right. they just couldn't do it. They had to keep it as racist as possible. But um, <laughs> well, I mean, JB, uh, I digress. We. <laughs> well, I mean, this is I mean the TNA discussion. This is a good ten minute discussion at this point. But the, uh, yeah, yeah. But, the uh, I mean. Yeah, I they throw in way too many people into these factions always as they do on TNA, and it's not surprising. Like, what is Samoa Joe supposed to do with another one of these factions? I mean, what is it really surprising that he left? Did that, was anyone surprised by that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, Eric Young to me, I yeah. know some people like him. I cannot stand Eric Young. <laughs> JB, why the hate for Eric Young? <clears throat> He just kind of reminds me of like somebody from like upstate New York that takes himself like way too seriously, <laughs> and I I don't even know what his like what is his character supposed to be exactly. And now it's even more muddled because he's in this this beatdown clan, which yes, again he's the only white member. <laughs> I I mean. <laughs> I wish I could, like, give you recent examples, but I remember actually watching right. the first one because they had the new the new taping location where I guess they taped another eight episodes or however they do it. And um, I did see them wearing the, uh, the, the, the 
the matching jackets, and that was enough for me to. I was going to give it another shot. Cause <laughs> I wanted to see the crowd, the reaction, and everything. And the matching jackets outside the arena. That was it. There was about three minutes, and that was it for Tia and I that night. You had to turn off. I had to turn off. <laughs> um. Yeah, now, JV, if there's one thing we can agree on, it's that this TNA segment has gone on way too long, <laughs> correct? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, JV, real quickly, explain what Ups – now, uh, Ups, you described him as a very upstate type character. I remember you had a – you coined a term called upstate face. Um, <laughs> could you please explain this term? I think it's a very yeah, apropos it moment. My it's, it's, it's run around quite no. a bit. Oh, I okay. mean, I was, we were going to get to it uh, later, I believe, but I mean, Kevin Owens is a good example of upstate. <laughs> you know, it's typical, um, you know, first of all, like very, very serious, no, like not, not an ounce of humor in it. And right. uh, usually, like a nice goatee or beard to cover up the, the fat chin area <laughs> is usually what's just part of it. And the male side, uh, that's those are some of the defining characteristics. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> regardless, uh, so just to cap off this conversation, uh, Rockstar Spud and JB, you know, I have the flair for the dramatic. Like is the best face in the game right now. I genuinely believe that. <laughs> like the audience has a true reason to want to see him win and to follow with it. Like the promos he cuts are ridiculous. He just like finished face off of a two-year-long relationship with with you know his best friend Ethan Carter, who turned his back on him. Um. If if you're out there and you're listening, you haven't seen him, just check out Rockstar Spud. Google some of his promos. Uh, small guy, I mean, very different-looking type face, but just great. I mean, a true underdog. Ethan Carter, I think he could be as big as The Rock, and that I'm not even joking about. His 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 promos are so good. He has the look. Um, I I claim there's a Jamie, I'm going to give you the, just taking a little tangent, I'm going to give you my top three uh, people, my top three males uh, that are the best at wearing suits. Okay, and like the top Please. three suit wearers. Okay. <laughs> One is uh, Remy from House of Cards. Oh, yes, I know you do have an unhealthy obsession with Remy from House of Cards. <laughs> Uh, that mahogany god looks right. fabulous in <laughs> any suit he wears. I mean, just unbelievable. Do, do you not agree? Uh, yeah, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two is EC3, Ethan Carter. <clears throat> and right. uh, number three is just Shane Winter. <laughs> it's a Shane Winter. <laughs> oh, right. Up, uh, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I mean, I, don't um, think I, I mean, I know I, I don't like the t- what I've seen of TNA, and every time I see EC3 and 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 well, I would say more EC3. I mean, I'm not you know, Rockstar Spud is good at what he does, but um, EC3 really to me does have that kind of star power. In my, I, so I would actually agree with that. It's just it's difficult to muddle through the other hour 45 of that show for me, but um, I have always enjoyed it. 
segment. Yes. Okay. Well, let's stop talking about TNA right now for once, because uh, it right. has no place in any wrestling conversation, really. Um, <laughs> well, well, you were and, getting but, to, you like EC3 stars. <laughs> angle so much that, that, that you were getting to something with that, weren't you? I was, JB. You're right. I mean, it was such a good angle and such a good feud with an actual payoff. I'd like to sort of juxtapose that with the current road to WrestleMania and the buildup for these matches, which have no buildup and no sort of very um, paper, plastic feuds, nothing to really truly get excited about from nearly everywhere on the card, maybe with the exception of Sting Triple H, which was largely manufactured too. Um, I haven't seen, we can get into the specifics, get more into these matches, but I haven't really noticed um, that there really isn't much I'm excited about. Am I, am I overlooking something, JB? How do you feel about the build to WrestleMania? Well, I, you know, I feel like, you know, if you're, you're out there on the internet, you're reading a lot of things. I mean, I hate to be like the really negative on WWE guy, like everyone seems to be. But I mean, it's difficult because of exactly what you're saying. I mean, this is WrestleMania. It took maybe about two weeks ago. They really gave you kind of the road to WrestleMania. I mean, like three, four weeks ago, or even on the road to WrestleMania was kind of meandering around at that point. And yeah, while we did know some of the things that were coming up, I mean, um, you know, you have basically half the card is actual matches that have had some kind of build up, and the other half of the card are like these tag team title matches, the IC title match, the battle royal is all stuff where it's just like the yeah, creative couldn't figure out anything for you. So this is what we have. <laughs> You're going to be in this giant yeah amalgamation of a match that is nothing. Um, Can you believe so you that, that match? And then the actual matches themselves. I mean, I think you're right. I think the only one that actually had a good buildup um, and was by far the best segment on Raw on Monday was is the Sting Triple H match. But then again, you know, you're dealing with you know a couple of well, one near fifty year old, one over fifty year old, in a match. And it's you know, I'm excited about it from just being like a, a you know a wrestling fan my whole life, but. Um, whether it's going to deliver or not, I'm not entirely sure. But Can you believe that large intercontinental ladder match mess? Like, I, how did they book themselves? Like, how did that, that just become a thing? With the, you know, where they're just like, I don't want to say wasting, but they just have so much talent in one spot with nothing to do with. They just decided to put them in some garbage heap. In the middle of the yeah, ring. Yeah, I mean, you have confusing. a lot of really yeah. good talent in that match. I mean, the match is going to be great. It's going to, you know, it's going to steal the show, I think. But the, um, I mean, you have so many good workers in there, you know. But the lead up to it has been kind of entertaining over a three-hour show. You know, they, they've, they've managed to use that pretty decently. But really, at the end of the day, the match is just a... Uh, we couldn't figure out anything to do with Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, Wade Barrett, etc. So everyone's going to be in this match, and we'll get them on WrestleMania, so they're happy. I don't believe that. Anyway, JB, I believe we have a <laughs> caller um, that I left on hold for a very long time. I think it's my uh, uh, my the dynamite to my um, uh, 
relaxing Sunday afternoon. Is this Chris on the line? Uh, no. This is uh, Steve from Albany. Steve, Steve. what's up, buddy? <laughs> I was just uh, I was just wondering uh, where you think uh, EC3 and Rockstar Spud are going to go now, uh, now that their feud is over and is uh, TNA now totally unwatchable uh, now that they are uh, now that they've kind of uh, gone their separate ways. Well, Steve, uh, thanks for calling. Uh, Lord knows you had nothing else to do in Albany. Uh, but, uh, no, uh, with regards to your question, a very good question. I think they actually, uh, from last week, they positioned um, – uh, well, actually, they didn't position. They act, Rockstar Spud, shaved head and all, actually cashed in his uh, – Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, I know that might sound familiar, but that is an original <laughs> uh, TNA gimmick. And uh, he won the X Division title from Low Key. Um, and that happened. And, uh, they're, you know, we're waiting to see, like, the buildup on that. Um, uh, so, so I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm very glad he has a title because he totally deserves it. But he won it very quickly, just with no ceremony whatsoever. It was very odd. Classic TNA crappy booking. EC3. Uh, um, uh, I, I guess we kind of feel like, Steve, like those guys are the only two things. I guess I feel like those guys are the only two things, two things going for that company. I know they can't feud and be together all the time, but it's kind of like when you have, like, WWE, when they have, like, Rock and Austin, those are the only two guys you give a crap about, you know, and when they're not fighting each other, you know, it's just not as good, you know. Is that another comparison of EC3 to The Rock I've heard on this show today? That, did that just happen again? <laughs> I think that's too. Not, well, uh, not, yeah. not the two EC3's horn, but beep, beep. Uh, Steve, uh, I know I called into your show. Can can I get a word in edgewise here? <laughs> sure. Um, no, no, but I think uh, no. I'm I'm glad you feel the same way. I think uh, uh, I'm glad to hear there's some buzz out there with regards to the um, the uh, you know EC3. I'd I'd like to maybe I'll open the floor, Steve. I can get your feedback too with regards to the um. Uh, I think it's just natural that they should have EC3 in the title contention soon. They sort of I know mean, this feud going. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it's. Um, I, I'm actually a little behind on uh, TNA right now, but I just wanted to get your take on 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 Spud and EC3. But uh, so I'm not quite up to speed on the last couple of weeks, so. But if you could fill me in, right, that would right. be wonderful. Well, but perhaps you didn't hear the first even in the 20 minutes. Now that he's moved on? Um, well, right, they well. haven't really um, they haven't really started that storyline uh, just yet. Um, so, like, where EC3 is going. The reason why they milked that feud for so long is just because he was injured. He was His arm was in a brace for most of the time. And even in that spud match, which was still phenomenal, he was uh, nursing it a lot. He's 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 not 100%. I wouldn't even call him like 50%. But he's still out there working. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a worker in the literal sense of the word. He busts his ass all yeah. the time. 
So he um, was doing so the best I he could. He... he was doing the best he could with, with what he had there. You, you said it, JB. <laughs> That's exactly what well, he was doing. Like, much like um, Paul Hammond has had to do a yeoman's effort to put any type of uh, build-up to this main event at WrestleMania, correct? Uh, correct. Correct. Well, thanks. Uh, Thanks a bunch. Ah, Steve, I forgot you there. You were so natural in the flow of the podcast. But thanks so much for calling. (laughs) Uh, JB, that was very nice of Steve to give a call. We welcome your calls uh, on this show. You can give us a call at uh, 646-716-716. Four seven zero six. That's six four six seven one six four seven zero six. I'm sorry about that. I won't assume who you are before I answer the call. I'm not a, a genie. I don't have a crystal ball in front of me or anything like that. Believe it or not. But uh, give us a call, and we'll be happy to uh, put you on the air for an absorbently too long period of time. Um, <laughs> JB, let's play a game yeah. here. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna give. Well, I'm gonna run down the the matches. There's about nine matches on the card, and just give me okay. a very short synopsis of 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 where of two things: where you think this match <coughs> failed in the buildup, uh-huh. and where you think it could succeed. How's that? We'll play play a little game and forget about our our miserable lives for a second. Sure, sure. Sound good? Sounds great. perfect. The first ma- the first match on the pre-card, the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match with Tyson Kidd and Cesaro uh, versus the Los Matadors versus the New Day versus the Usos. What, what do you think about that, Jim? Well, you know, again, this is one of these matches where they're, they're trying to get everyone their, their WrestleMania moment, um, which I think in the last, you know, couple of weeks has kind of been to the detriment of uh, – Cesaro and Kidd, who had a pretty good run going. I mean, even the the announce crew was uh, was calling them. Oh, we haven't seen a tag team like this in years, and now all of a sudden they're you know losing to the Matadors and the New Day in, in, in various fashions, and uh, you know whether it be matches with humans or non-humans. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, that's where we're at with it. I mean, I think I, I imagine amazing how they called that. Amazing how they called that match on Raw an interspecies match. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, you know, that's, uh, it, it was very cute. I thought it was very cute. But, <laughs> cute, Jamie, right? It was it was a cute little segment. I mean, it, you know, it is what it is. But the, uh, yeah, the, you know, the match itself is, is going to be the similar thing. I mean, I, who knows who's, who's going to win. But um, I thought they were kind of building up the two of them pretty well. Um and you know that that momentum slowed quite a bit just to get everyone else in the mix here. Um, it's not all that different than the way they, they booked the IC title match, but um, that's that's basically all I have. I mean, that's that's a car. We should really go with that match. <laughs> oh yeah, there's nothing to say about it. Um, I of course like every uh, Mark uh, Smark in the world. I I like Kid and Cesaro together. Um, the New Day, just the whole angle is very confusing. The Usos, to me, they're just team number 67. Who cares? <laughs> like, I'm so unimpressed by the Usos. Like, 
in every way. They're just another tag team. Both wear the same shit. I, I couldn't care less. Um, and I couldn't care less about that match. I'm sure it will have something to it. Like, in all, they, they can fly. Like, there's a lot of good things in that match. But, uh, yeah, don't feel like talking about that. I think it'll that. be a very entertaining match. Okay. I mean, you know, it'll get me to watch the pre-show. But, uh... I mean, come on. You know, yeah, yeah you're going to turn into the pre-show because of that? I'm going to turn to pre-show for the hell of it, I guess. Usually a pre-show match. What else I am I going to do? About, but that's, that, that'll be decent enough, I'm sure. But um... Wow. Oh, I'm surprised. That's saying a lot if you, to me. If you're going to turn turn into the pre-show just to see that match, then mission accomplished. WWE <laughs> su- success. Another, another success. Okay. Um, <laughs> and another tag team match. Uh, AJ Lee versus Page. AJ Lee and Page. I'm sorry. AJ Lee and Page versus the Bella Twins. JB, go. Um... Just you know, again, I, I I actually I like most of the divas on the roster. Um, I think their segments are actually usually some of the best segments on Raw. Um, they usually actually make some sense when they give them an, uh, a few minutes to to do what they do. But um, this match is just uh, it's not. It's not I, I can't imagine it being that great. The Bellas aren't um, quite on the level of AJ and Paige, but the um, you know the build up to it's been okay. Um, you know, we'll see where they go with it. I'm sure it'll be more total divas fodder. But uh, you know, <laughs> if they were going to have a big divas match, I would want something a little better than this. But uh, you know, it is you know, it's WWE, the main you know big WrestleMania show. They're going to you know appeal to a broader audience, and the Bellas are definitely part of that. So just take it for what it is. JB, there's nothing like Total Divas Fodder, correct? To uh, <laughs> uh, really bring the yeah. storyline along. Yeah. It's funny what you said about the the Divas segments on Raw making the most sense, and it I agree with you to a way, um, to an extent. I just think it's an interesting comment on your part because because you can definitely see, like even that match on last week's Raw with um, uh, Paige and AJ, like they're back stage segment it was logical and you could see like two characters acting that way between each other and like arguing about who would get the tag team title sh- the, the title shot you know um oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah yeah it was like it made sense in the start i think it goes back to my general uh hatred of women <laughs> jb where, where <laughs> right, i sort of, of uh, <laughs> i'm always a little turned off by the diva segment, but I mean that's not true because in NXT I eat up all the divas. Say I love the the best part of the show most nights. Um, so I still think there's getting a, some getting used to. Uh, Paige is really hot. I'd imagine she looks pretty rough without the makeup. But uh, uh, yeah, I just want to thank you personally so for to say turning that. me on to the uh, total page segments on YouTube. I think that's. Oh yes, <laughs> Jamie. Do you want to explain that? Well, just you know, there, there, there's there's some miscreants who uh, decide to <laughs> take every segment of false page into one YouTube video every week, and uh, it really, you know, it does it does what if you're not interested in Total Divas, which I consider the second best WWE show behind NXT. Um, 
if you're not into the whole reality thing and you're into page, uh, this this gentleman has really knocked it out of the park with this idea. So, uh, <laughs> and I would have never known about it if it wasn't for you, Shane. So I want to just thank you. <laughs> JB, what you're saying is that uh, some gentleman uh, cabin in, oh, upstate New York probably, uh, <laughs> takes time away from cutting the heads off of dolls and, uh, you know, and then splices up the total dealer's episode into one seamless page experience. That, that's what you're saying, right? That's, yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much what it is. I mean, it's true though. You hit on something. People are obsessed with Paige in a way that, I mean, I guess it takes a certain type of male. I would call them a straight male. Um, (laughs) And just, uh, I I, I mean, every person I know that's into wrestling is into Paige. And it seems, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's, I'm surprised how universal it is of anybody who I know who watches wrestling because, you know, supposedly, yeah. On the face of it, she's not a universal type uh, woman that everyone's supposed to be in love with. But um, it's 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 interesting how that always seems to be the case with everybody I know who watches wrestling. No, you hit the nail on the head because she's like that goth chick that she's not traditionally hot, but every yeah everybody I know likes her. There, there's something about it. It's, you know that star power. She's got that charm. Yeah, I mean it does say a lot. Um, you know, I mean. Okay, the Andre the Giant Memorial. I mean, okay, uh, JB, go, go. Okay, I mean, I don't think we have to spend a lot of time on this. This is, you know, this is just a vehicle for Ms. Ms. Dow. Whether they break up or whatever they do, that's um, this is what that match is going to be for. And this is the original. I mean, I will say this about this, you know, this is the second annual and Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, this is the original. Let's throw everybody in a match because we don't know what to do with the match. Yeah, and now right, it's taken right. off. So it's, it's yeah, you're right, <laughs> Jamie. Everybody in a match because we don't know what to do with him is over. It's over right. as a concept. <laughs> yes. Is that the only storyline to have here? Like, there's no other just the Mizdow? I guess there's no nothing else rumbling under the surface? Um, I mean, to what I could tell, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that Zack Ryder showed up on television on Monday. But other than that, I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, he was in L.A., uh, which is the farthest you can get from Long Island. Right. Funny. But still over. Yes, <laughs> sure. Sure. Still yeah. over. It was funny how over, we can talk about it for days, just how over Zack Ryder actually was, you know? Yeah, I mean, the I was at that uh, that Survivor Series in, uh, in the Garden uh, back. back uh, that, JB, that you were there. How could you, ad- how could you admit that? that on live radio that you were there <laughs> in person? Oh no, it's fine. Yeah, I was there, but I, and I remember just the crowd. I mean, that was the biggest pop of the night when Ryder came out. So uh, <laughs> it's so it's funny to think about. I mean, you know, that whole the whole entire interview. Well, I'm sure we're going to get to next Intercontinental title match. There's guys in that match who have had some of the hugest pops of anybody uh, in on the roster, and they're just sitting in this match, kind of just going through the motion. I mean, I'm, they're going to put together a great match, I'm sure, but. Uh, you, know, you think so? You it. think it's going to be a great match? 
I would think so. I mean, I would think that all these guys, again, are going to try to, you know, steal the show, um, you know, especially Ziggler and Brian. But uh, I don't um, – I, I mean, whether I care about it or not, which I think is probably the biggest criticism of all the show, or do I care about it? Um, no, I don't care. I mean, I'll, I'll be interested <laughs> Very good. For the wrestling part of it. Uh, JB, we have a caller who's apparently been waiting on hold a long time because I'm an idiot. Let's yeah. let them on. Caller, what's yes, your name? You are where are you from? Idiot. Who told us you could hijack my show? Oh, my God. <laughs> the heel running of the podcast. Oh, the running. A heel running. I've been Ladies and gentlemen, it's for, Chris. I've been texting you for like 20 minutes to, 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 to answer the phone on me. And oh, hey, I must have missed by, those uh, by, my, by my text to you. I but swear I, I had, you the, I had the phone to my job. Think well. This isn't my first uh, my first uh, time at the dance. You know that. Well, good. I'm glad that now you learn how oh, to Chris. how to run the show, so I don't have to do it every time now. Oh, well, Chris. Uh, me and JB were just in the middle of the WrestleMania run. Yeah, I heard. Would you care to join us? Now I got to deal with these delays again. Like uh, every time I ask you a question. No, I I hear you. I'm good. Let's go. Okay, great. So JB just gave. What's your opinion on the uh, the Andre the Giant uh, uh, Memorial Battle Royale? Okay, well the Andre the Jobber Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, it's whatever. I mean, look, there's only one thing to look forward to in that in that whole thing, which is to uh, see what happens with Miz and Mizdow. It's pretty much the only thing worth watching in that uh in that battle royal they showed last year that they don't care who you know they don't care about the person who wins about it but if they use that to be a vehicle to move along that storyline then that's that's all good i mean that's the only thing i'm looking forward to seeing in that thing so now are you just going to repeat everything uh me and jim just said or uh would you like to add an original thought to uh well, the podcast I- you asked me, and that's my opinion, my friend. So, and, and to be, and to be honest, okay. I, I wasn't, I wasn't now, listening to you completely. I was watching television at the same time. On the Ms. Mizdow thing, Very good. Jim, what did as, you say? as far as them finally breaking up, um, do you think that's actually going to do anything for either of them? I think they should just continue on, like, teasing this breakup for another year because that's the most over the two of them are going to be. Let's just be honest. At the end of the day, it's, it's going to be over after that. Yeah, I, I could see that, that, and I actually, uh, yeah, I, I kind of would have uh, mind it for another year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just just keep teasing it for another couple months. It'd be, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, it's it's a good place to build and have it blow off as as WrestleMania, but at the same time, yeah, I agree. I think the after this is whatever each of them does is not going to be nearly as good as what they're doing now. Uh, well, it goes back to uh, the twenty-minute uh, most important segment of the show, the the TNA <laughs> TNA talk, as I like to call it. Which is that I mean, the reason why the EC3 Spud thing was so great is because that was like a three-year storyline. I mean, just a ridiculously great 
storyline with a long drawn out. This wasn't a, you know, Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window, just like kind of break up one match afterwards. This was like a multi, like many, many sort of tag team matches, like feud to end their, their friendship in the hair match. So, yeah, I'd love to see something like that with Miz and Miz now. Real long, drawn out, you know, like year year after year uh, storyline. Uh, next match that we're going to do a run in this uh, special WrestleMania pre-show slash TNA talk is um, the ladder match, the stupid intercontinental ladder match with Barrett, Truth, Ambrose, Harper, Ziggler, Stardust, and Brian. On this one, I'm just going to ask a little question. Uh, Chris, you go first. Who wins? Uh, I think uh, either Daniel Bryan or Dean Ambrose. You got to pick one. All right, I'll go with Daniel Bryan. Why? Uh, I think for uh, for many reasons, I think... You know, one, I think if they really, and we say probably say this all the time, but if they actually want to bring some legitimacy to that title, uh, having a guy like Brian Carrot makes sense. But I think maybe also a way to get the people, the, the hardcore fans to, to not complain uh, later in the show, in their minds, is a way to kind of dumb them down. Oh, look, we gave you Daniel Bryan in a great match, and he won a title. So now everybody shut up and don't boo Roman Reigns. You don't think that will sort of uh, diminish Daniel Bryan's stature? Well, I guess you can't really do that anymore, right? Like I think they've already the done IC that. Title. I mean, they, they've already done that. Yeah, I mean, they, I, that's they, what they, my point was. Like shit yeah. ever since he came back. Okay, JB, uh, go. Who's going to win? Um, I'm, I am I mean, it's just a guess and, and really – I mean, I don't think it's going to matter much because it'll just be like any other IC title run where they'll just change it over just for the sake of a segment on Raw. But um, uh, I think Ziggler will win. Just, they seem to be booking him strong in the last couple of weeks. I mean, he beat Brian clean uh, on Monday. So I think that's the way they seem to be going with it. But it could really be anybody. I mean, it seems to make sense to make Brian – if they want to do the legitimate IC title thing, which it doesn't – I mean, everyone talks about that. I don't know when that's ever going to happen. Um, it would seem you would let Daniel Bryan just run with it for a while, but um, I, I'm going to guess Ziggler. What do you think? Are you looking forward uh, to any Shane? spots in this match? Like, I'm, I mean, to me, I think, uh, I, I think you're right, Chris. I think that – I think that, and this isn't an original idea of mine. It was something posted on Reddit. Um, just uh, like I think that with, I think Brock's gonna retain. Spoiler alert for spoiler alert. Spoilers. Um, and then you know he's gonna be off the show much more with his you know great contract. Um, yeah. So then I think they're gonna have Cena win the U.S. title and. Uh, Brian win the Intercontinental title, and that's going to sort of elevate those titles, and there's going to be feuds around those titles, leaving a complete vacuum of superstars for the WWE Championship. It really makes no But uh, I kind of have a feeling they're going in, in that direction. I mean, I, I think mean, the reason fine. they had Brian lose the two in a row is to have him win now. That's the way they think. Like, the reason they had Brian lose two in a row to Ziggler is so that Brian can now win and Ziggler won't win. I mean, it, it, that's the way they do things. That's the way they book. 
So the fact that he lost the last two matches probably indicates that he's going to win the match, not lose it. And, uh, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, they should. They should. It would be really interesting to see Brian and Cena with those mid-card titles, maybe even leading up to, like, a unification match between the two of them at SummerSlam. But, I, again, I don't want to give WWE creative that much credit because I don't think Yeah, they, I think that's giving them way too much credit. I don't think I they think, think that that far. I mean, they'll probably maybe think that's the idea now, and then, you know, two months from now, they'll be like, well, you know, we could have Ziggler or Brian or Cena lose one week, and it's not the yeah. world title, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's probably the way it is going down. Yeah, I guess this match is still sort of a toss-up. I don't know. No clue. I swear, this is how much it sucks. There, there's a lot of my favorite workers in here. There's, I mean, uh, Cody Rhodes, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Cody Rhodes isn't in this match. Uh, Stardust is in this match. Ambrose. <laughs> Cody Rhodes is I've always loved our truth. I've, I, I've always loved our truth. They said on show, and I don't care about this match. I'm sorry. I'm still pessimistic about it, but uh, I just, I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm sure it's going to have some nice, fun, high spots. Um, but I, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, does anybody is any anybody have anything else to say about this? No, not really. I mean, it's, really. It's, this is the match of guys who should be higher on the card but aren't. It's like literally almost pretty, except for Truth. Every guy in this match is a guy who should be higher up and 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 isn't for whatever reason and is stuck in this match. That's kind of the overall theme of this match. I think if this was a Money in the Bank match instead of for the IC title, it wouldn't be. It'd be better. Like even if it was the same guys people would be more happy with it because it's still that opportunity to get a chance at the world title. So I think if this was a Money in the Bank match instead of an IC ladder match, it would be that much better just by making that small change. Well, they mean the Bank match every paper. I guess they could, but then it would turn well, I mean, into I don't the think, IC I mean, I get title. why they made Money in the Bank a pay-per-view, but I really like it better as the WrestleMania attraction. Um, I learned in this podcast that you're a racist, too. That I'm a racist? Uh, yeah, saying truth doesn't deserve to be in the main event. He doesn't. Sorry. Didn't you hear about that Twitter campaign? Okay. Give truth a chance. That was pretty big. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Okay, next okay. match. This is going to be the longest podcast ever, so let's try to... We still have to do an NXT yeah. review. So, uh, let's try to get through through this uh, amicably because I see you two kids uh, already have the claws out against each other. Um, so the next match that we'll be I think we've be been getting along better than you and I get along, Shane. The next match that we'll be reviewing is Rusev with Lana uh, versus uh, John Cena. Uh, JB, Go, go. Run with the Rusev-Cena match. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think that this is more likely to be the title that becomes the title. If Lesnar retains, I think Cena will win this match, and then this will be more likely to be the, the title that isn't the title. But, um, I mean, you know, they, they did kind of the same lead-up to Fastlane. They're going to, I mean, it's going to be the old LOL Cena wins, I'm pretty sure. But, um, you know, it's just typical. Typical booking. Uh, Rusev is a pretty strong heel, so they'll just kind of feed him to Cena at WrestleMania. I mean, we just kind of 
everyone's kind of gone through that same thing with this. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't be less interested in the match. <laughs> uh, I agree. Chris, go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's this is another example, just like last year, of John Cena sh- should be putting over a young heel uh, at WrestleMania, but instead he's going to squash him. Uh, just like he did with Bray Wyatt last year. Uh, there's no way Rusev wins this match, unfortunately, especially with the way they ended Raw, where Rusev got the one-up on Cena. There's no way that Cena loses yeah. this match. And and the and the the idea, and like maybe she'll be back for the actual pay-per-view, but the idea that they took Lana away from this guy two weeks before WrestleMania to film some stupid bullshit WWE movie, which they control the schedule, is really just ridiculous. It just makes no sense to me. The way they've done this makes no sense, and it's going to end the way we all know it's going to end, which is Cena. I can tell you exactly how this match is going to end. Cena wins by getting Rusev to tap out, not just pin him, tap out, and then the Russian, instead of the Russian flag falling from the sky, it's the American flag. That's the end of this match. Yeah, I mean, I could tell you just podcast was going to go once you called in, and that would be you nonstop talking. Um, but regarding, up, why you do you go, think go back that to your thing? I, I called in because you asked Why do you to. think that? Yes, yes, of course. I'm kidding. Why do you I think know, that you know it's that. bad? That, that why do you think that's bad that Rusev wins? I don't think it's bad. I think he should. I don't think win. it's bad at all. I like this. I like this storyline. No, that Cena wins. I like that storyline. It's the classic storyline they've been doing since the beginning of time. For I'm wrestling. fine with John Cena getting like a win over fun. Rusev, but it shouldn't be at WrestleMania. This should have been the first match, and Rusev should get the win at WrestleMania. Why? Like, Why does everybody hate Cena like this matter. much? It's the classic. It's a classic storyline. The, the the America, the good guy, like going over the, the unbeatable strong heel on the biggest stage of professional wrestling. This is exactly where John Cena should win. I don't know. Okay. Whatever you say. JB, what do you think? I I mean, just I just couldn't care less. <laughs> okay. I, where, right. where Jack okay. Swagger failed, John Cena, uh, here he is. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, okay, so the next match we'll be reviewing. Oh, I, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. Is um, Bray Wyatt Undertaker? Um, Chris, go. Uh, this one I think is the hardest one to call. Uh, Wait, I guys, think... guys, guys, hold on. When I say guys, when I say go, go. Go like that. You go like immediately. Like don't pause. You just go, go and create. All right. So let's try again. Okay. So this ready. Undertaker. This is the hardest match to call because I can see it going either way. I think you know, as I've said before, uh, this match is it's weird in the in the sense that it's hard to imagine them having Taker lose two times in a row at WrestleMania. But at the same time, how do you build up Bray Wyatt now just to have him? job out to a 50, where he can't beat a 50-year-old guy who can barely move. So, um, this is a tough one. Uh, I think, the more I think about it, I think Bray Wyatt needs to win this. And, but I'm going to say that The Undertaker does win. 
Uh, JB, go. <laughs> so go now? Okay. Um, yeah. I it's It's been difficult because, you know, Undertaker hasn't been on at all during the entire fleet up to this. Um, Amazing I mean, again, decision. It's like, it's like Amazing a fanboy. decision by the WWE. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. They've done it before, actually. It was in one other WrestleMania. They did that. But, um, I mean, I actually, I was, you know, I was telling you this the other day, the uh, the Wyatt promos, although I heard that the one on, on Raw on Monday was, was pretty good. I've actually even gotten tired of those. I mean, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. And then uh, the, the, the thing I'm looking forward to, I think the Undertaker entrance to WrestleMania is always great. And my little fanboy hat will be on during that. But outside of that, I mean, does it really matter that much who wins at the end of the day? I mean, they already took away the streak from Taker. I think Wyatt will still be a pretty good heel after this if he wins or loses. So I think probably it'll go the way Chris says. It'll probably go towards Wyatt. But um, I, I just don't see much of the excitement for the match, so. I, okay, I don't see so, how there's any question that, okay, I'll go. I don't see how there's any question that Undertaker isn't losing this match and putting over Wyatt. I don't understand why they'd go in the other direction. I don't think Undertaker, Mark Calloway himself, would even want that. Um, I, I think this is a typical, like, passing the torch type match. It'd be very funny if uh, The Undertaker, you know, came down after his great entrance and he was a completely different person, like a younger guy. I, I'd love it if they did that. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think the, the – I don't know. I guess the smart in me, like the fanboy in me, I, I kind of agree with you, JB, a little bit. Like, the smart in me kind of really wants to – like Wyatt a lot and I do I guess like like but I like the point is the reason why I'm talking like this because I kind of agree with you like his promos are all the same and he delivers it nobody's better at delivering those promos I think it'd be hard but the the feud again just hasn't had much because he's not feuding with anyone he's basically like feuding with himself I mean what a tremendous to give a rookie like craziness um, man, there's so much about this build-up that I just hated. How he just showed up with the urn, like he just kind of showed up with it. Like there was no story about how he, like, how did he get that urn? Oh, we don't need to ask that. Like, then he has. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, once again, it just, yeah, just what a bad build. What a shitty build to to this match which probably won't be a good match. Um, Does anybody else have anything else to say about this? No. Not really. Hey. Uh, Yeah, very quickly, uh, Randy Orton versus Seth Rollins uh, with J&J security. Uh, Jim, go. Um. I I think this, I think this match will be okay. Um, I, you know, I think I think it'll be interesting to see where they go with this match, the booking of it, uh, because I think both characters are going to be in line for 
pretty big part of the the show after WrestleMania. So once you know your Lesnar's and your Stings yeah, leave and point. everything, um, but it, I mean it's tough for me to say what, which way they're going to go with it. Um, it seems like you know they want to go back to Orton being this unstoppable face type character, which I think is I think is good. I think it you know it suits him pretty well, but. Um, uh, the lead up to it, I thought I thought was okay. I mean, there was, you know, obviously there was just the confusing nature of WWE booking and why did he kind of come back to ruin the match at the last pay per view and then um, then kind of realign with them only to turn on them again, which everyone knew was coming. Uh, but it's, uh, I think it'll be, you know, I think these are two of the best uh, guys in the business uh, going at it. So. I think they'll have a good match. Um, uh, I, again, I'll, I'll be very interested to see where they go with it, basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. I think two of the best guys in the business. I love Seth Rollins in that heel role. He's not afraid to be like the cowardly heel that cheats, that hides behind security, that runs away. Total throwback to Ric Flair. I think we're really seeing something special develop. Uh, Chris, what do you think about the match? No go. All right. Uh, so I think this could be a really good match. I think it's going to be one of the better matches on the card. Um, I I hated the build to this after Orton came back. I hated the yeah you know, going point. back to the authority when everyone knew that wasn't going to be how he's going to turn. Like two weeks later, uh, you know, making Seth Rollins look like the the dumbest person on earth. But um, I think the match itself will be good. Um, I think. I think they've been having Rollins lose too much lately. So I think, but obviously he has to get like his comeuppance for, for everything. So I actually see Rollins getting, uh, you know, like a cheap victory here, but then getting the shit beat out of him. Maybe even to the extent of like getting punted or something like that and bring that back just for this. Uh, but I think Seth Rollins is actually going to win the match. Punt's a heel move. I don't think they'd bring that back for Orton now. Hey, he has punted dudes as a face, hasn't he? Or at least teased it. I don't know, Jim. I, I think he's definitely teased it if he hasn't done it. But um, I just, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, the one thing about Seth Rollins, I think, is important. So, I mean, he has done a very admirable job being the top heel in the company all this time. Oh yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I think again, both are going to have a lot to do with what happens after WrestleMania. So. Um, I'm just not sure the way they're going to go. I mean, they're both talk stuff, you know. They'll probably tease a cash in at least that night or the night after. Um, but I think there's a lot of different ways they can go with it. And I think that, that actually makes it, you know, definitely one of the more interesting matches uh, of the night. Okay. Uh, this match I'm actually looking forward to the most probably, which is a very weird thing to say considering who I'm, who I'm about to announce is in it. But Sting versus Triple H. Uh, Chris, go. Uh, Sting is obviously going to win this match. Uh, 100%, no doubt about it. Uh, it's kind of, they, they should have at least had one week where Triple H got the one up on Sting and not like got bitched out every single time that they meet. But I don't think, you know, like normally that, that logic would tell you that Triple H is going to win, but there's no way I see that happening. Sting wins 100%. I think it would be very funny this if thing's last to match. win to screw up, just to, <laughs> yeah, just to be a dick, like he always is. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, but Sting, you know, I think I think uh, again I had mentioned earlier. I thought that the Sting segment of Raw was by far the best segment of Raw, probably the best segment of Raw the entire lead up to WrestleMania. Um, he's just you know he's good at what he does, and um, I don't know if he's going to be able to you know do a twenty minute match or whatever they're going to they're going to try to do with this. But um, uh, overall, yeah, I think Sting wins. Um, and the only thing that drove me nuts in the lead up to this is that they constantly keep going with this uh, Sting as the face of WCW thing, and like that's his identity. Yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah. Like no matter what, you just have to go back to again. We beat WCW, and you know we're the greatest promotion of all time. So no one already acknowledges that. But um, yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting. I think you know they'll 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 figure out a way to make it interesting. They're both you know, great ring psychologists and everything. So I think they'll, uh, they'll put on a good show there. Yeah, although typical WWE and their stupidity, they spend weeks and weeks and weeks making the story WCW versus WWE. And then in the only promo that Sting cuts, he's like, well, this isn't about WCW. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Sting is, yeah. I mean, I like Sting. Like Jim said, he's really good at what he does. Not the best at any one particular thing, but it's good in that promo. Anybody that knows uh, Shane Winter uh, knows that I was uh, with the Sting uh, Joker character in uh, TNA when he ripped <laughs> off Joker's uh, character in a shamelessly horrible angle. But the reason why I'm obsessed with it is because he acted the hell out of it. It was great. He really did that, like, unbelievably, like, that that whole bit. Um, and for those of you that don't know, that was when Sting uh, uh, went crazy and this face like Heath Ledger's Joker and started mimicking the dead actor's uh, character, the, the Dark Knight, which is ridiculous. Um, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. Uh, I like Triple H's character, what he's become. Does anybody want to comment while we're on this subject on the Max Landis wrestling isn't wrestling video? Um, did, did Chris and JB, well, I, I actually don't know. Did, did it, both of you guys see this? Chris, I'll ask you first. I did. I actually just watched it yesterday for the first time. It was very funny. What did it you was think? very well done. JB, what do you think? Um, I thought it was good. I, uh, I saw him, uh, he did an AMA the other day too on Reddit, but, um, uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was a good, you know, if you wanted to show it to one of your friends, that kind of made fun of you for liking wrestling. I thought it was a good kind of thing to show them. Um, but you know, they could spend 25 minutes on it, but, um, no, it was good overall. And, um, yeah, I uh, I I like yeah. Oh, uh, well, specifically about Triple H. I mean, he really nails the entire Triple H legacy, and and I think something that you fit off of Shane is. Uh, I mean, never has anyone done more with nothing than Triple H. <laughs> he completely <laughs> yeah, gets yeah. that vibe in that video. <laughs> I love how the yeah. overarching theme in yeah, that video. Was, he's not that good, but somehow he got ahead. <laughs> It was epic when he called him the player and brought it back around to Daniel Bryan. It, I yeah, met, it's true. But, Definitely true. Who was your favorite, Shane? Who was your favorite like that, uh, so, cameo 
in that video. Cameo? Um, yeah, of like oh, a wrestler, like a ton of like wrestlers cameo? and like you know a couple of like uh, I guess celebrities. Well, mine was uh, mine was definitely uh, Josh from the Nickelodeon Jake and Josh show. Uh, just screaming at Triple H, we fucking hate you, <laughs> Triple H. I mean, that was hysterical. Um, he's actually funny. a very good actor, too. Yeah, yeah. What was yours? Um, I liked uh, I liked Cole, I liked Cabana. Actually, I thought he was pretty funny. I don't like Cabana, but did, Jamie, did you have a favorite cameo or something? Um. I, don't, I saw a few guys in well, like the band. Uh, wasn't was it like John Morrison in, or Johnny Mundo? As yeah, John Morrison was in it. <laughs> John Morrison was in it. Who was he fighting? He was fighting somebody like on the beach, like when they were like showing what pro wrestling used yeah, to be like. Somebody. Uh, oh, Joey Ryan. Johnny That's Mundo. Was, yeah. It was yeah. Joey Ryan. But he was huge Morrison. in that video. Is he that big now? Like, I watch yeah, Lucha Underground sometimes. Next regular they people, just... they are huge. It just doesn't look that way because they're, yeah, yeah, they go up against other jacked dudes who are, like, 6'5 also. Yeah. yeah. But he looked fucking enormous. Uh, like, my feelings on the video... That guy, Max Landis, is, like, incredibly talented. Like, that... um that one movie he did, Chronicle, it's like one of those sound footage movies, but it was really good, really good movie. Um, and he's done like other superhero stuff. I, I mark out automatically for anything wrestling that's like mainstream as well. Like when it's set in, I mean, it, it really wasn't that much. I think I liked it more than I did just because it's about wrestling. Like a lot of it was just like hipster kind of annoying. Like, I get it. The wrestlers are hot girls, you know? Oh, way to attract attention to your video. Like, you know, but uh, it was good. I won't say... I won't disparage it more than I already did. All right, the last uh, match. The last... Oh, okay. I was going to ask. I was like, did you guys do Lesnar and Reigns yet? No, no. Go for it. Um, well, I mean, obviously the uh, the potential monkey wrench is the fact that Lesnar resigned uh, yesterday uh, with WWE, and that obviously plants the seeds of oh, maybe he's not going to lose uh, the title uh, now because they don't have to worry about maybe they can right the wrong of Roman Reigns by not giving him the title now since they're not forced to since he's not leaving. And you had that little Paul Heyman wink during the uh, promo. I don't know if you caught that that he cut, but I still. I still think it's business as usual, and I still think Reigns is going to walk out with the title. Uh, JB, what do you think? Well, I think oh, that's, that's interesting because I think a lot of people are assuming since they're resigning that Lesnar is going to. But, I mean, I, I actually – I don't know. I mean, I feel like the, every time – you know, I think the WWE to some degree is aware of the Internet speculation, and they typically try to kind of throw – these little smoke screens out there that, oh, well, now Lesnar's going to win. Or in the case of the Reigns-Bryan match, everyone was talking about before that it was going to be a three-way and that was all nonsense and it just went the way it always was meant to go. And I think that it might go that way this time. But, I mean, I think we'll see. The the thing about this match that needs to be said, I mean, this is um, exactly why Roman Reigns is not ready. I mean, I was kind of holding out hope that he is ready, <laughs> but the build-up to this match has been such a failure on his part. 
Um, and I mean, I know he's got the you know weight of the world on up here, uh, but um, I mean, couldn't be more clear that he's not ready. And uh, what, what, what Paul Heyman's had to do in each one of these promos, I mean, he's he's bringing up family members and wives and kids and whatever he can do to make something out of this match that they've been building for what eight weeks now. Um, it's been been what it is and and the most interesting thing of of all has been whether Lesnar's going to resign or not and uh and you know we found out yesterday that he is um and again it's like i mean am i watching wwe or am i watching the Mets hot stove like who who shit whether or not the guy resigns or not that's not what the angle the main like most thing thing about this match should be but it is and uh that's you know that's what we're left with um I I actually think because he resigned that they're going to they're going to put him over uh, on Sunday, but uh, I'm not entirely sure about that. But that's that's my guess. You go, yeah, uh, I right, mean, uh, right, Shane. Uh, well, first, to obviously, I've been saying for months, months that Lesnar was not going anywhere. He was staying with the WWE. And all you fools laughed. And I'm vindicated once again. It's hard being so good at everything, but, I mean, (laughs) talk about the weight of the world and the burden. This is fact. Um, (laughs) Staying with the WWE. There's no, guys, there's just like there was no doubt in my mind he was leaving. There's no doubt in my mind that he's not winning at WrestleMania. I guarantee it was a clause in his contract. I think he likes having the title. I think it, it, it's fun for him. He gets to appear on certain dates. I think it works well with the WWE. It gives the title to us. I think Lesnar's going home with the title. Uh, I'll bet any any amount of money. Um, in the same respect, I, I think Jim's absolutely right. The buildup. Reigns has been, I like Reigns. It's just been real. I can't believe Raw ended the way it did. With I was just about to say, did you not enjoy the, the tug of war at the end of Raw? I mean, that that's just mind-boggling just, that it I mean, ended just, like that. Not only is it a ridiculous image to be the last image before WrestleMania, but it just goes against Brock Lesnar's character completely because Brock Lesnar, from what we're led to believe in that situation, should have just decked Roman Reigns right in the face. When he grabbed his belt, and not not not, and not everything that's been that. believable. Like, yeah, and everything that's been good about Roman Reigns that we're supposed to believe. That, oh, I mean, another thing that has to be said, not to state the extremely obvious, is that how come on Paul Heyman is just on this level above everybody in the WWE, every performer, every creative, Vince. He, he's just how did he get to this level above everyone? Like, the this match, like, a little believable. Like, the one thing that stands in my head is when he's telling them, like, oh, and when he went out with his uh, uncle to Daytona Beach, or I don't remember the story exactly, he said, you know, one guy left standing and you don't come home. Like, the, the that imagery, like, stays in my head. I'm like, oh, Roman Reigns is a badass. I like this guy. And, it, I mean, Paul Heyman has just been the an an angel to the WWE for this program. Am I wrong? Unfortunately, I mean, you are not wrong. Yeah, he he's been the program. I think. Yeah, <laughs> but, that's, yeah. that's true. 
That is 100% accurate. So, yeah, no, Roman Reigns is just not... Look, and, like, I hope he does get there one day, but it's just not now, and it shouldn't have been forced. There was no rush. We had a perfect story with Daniel Bryan. There was no reason to force this, uh, um, you know, this, the, the Reigns thing right now. And and then, you know, he, and he, he's been stumbling the whole way, not only with just everything that happens on TV, but with all these stupid interviews where this guy's supposed to be the next big baby face, and all he does is talk about in interviews like, Oh, I'm just trying to get rich, and when I'm talking, when I'm cutting a promo, people should shut the fuck up. Like, he just is an idiot, and really just doesn't know how to conduct himself uh, in in inside in, on TV or, or, or off TV. Yeah, I think the no, other I thing agree. is that uh, the saying. other thing is with with Reigns is that they're hoping that he's going to be this crossover superstar, and I think what what might be going through most of the people at WWE's heads right now is that they already have the crossover superstar and Lesnar, and I'd be surprised if they take the belt off him for that reason. I mean, he's on Sports Center doing a ten minute interview yesterday. Um, you know, I, I don't see uh, Reigns quite being at that level yet. I mean, he was like Conan, I guess, but. Um, that's true. That's what they're in love with, you know. The the crossover appeal, the big story that gets on Sports Center or something like that. And that's what they're gonna get. And the other thing they're gonna get is I think that the crowd is gonna be ridiculously pro Lesnar on both yeah. Sunday and Monday nights. And that's gonna be tough to tough to fight. Not only the anti reigns, but I think there's gonna be a huge amount of the crowd that feels like Lesnar came back to WWE and they, they're gonna they're gonna love him for that. That's true. That's true. Okay. Too. Although I, you know, you talk about crossover appeal, but at the same time, you know, where's the public? Where's them publicizing the fact that you know Daniel Bryan was in you know the parade with the San Francisco Giants, or that the Seattle Seahawks let him take over their Twitter and all these things? When like they only publicize it when it's a guy they want to publicize. But but I but I agree with you about the crossover appeal. I don't know. I just yeah, Roman Reigns just doesn't do it, and he doesn't do it now, and and we'll see what happens. But. I hope they don't keep it on him. I mean, I'm hoping Lesnar does go over now, now that he's staying, but I just don't have faith that Vince is going to change his mind about Reigns when he's so fixated on this guy. The one thing I wanted to bring up sort of like in closing about our talk of WrestleMania, Jim, and and that is I think the Smarks are going to be incredibly unhappy with this WrestleMania crowd. I don't think they're going to be as pro Lesnar as everybody's thinking. There's going to be people coming inter- international. I mean, from all over the country. Obviously, that's what WrestleMania is. But the smarts that do that are few and far between. This is Silicon Valley. This is like new money, like ironic, like hipster douchebags. Like I know this is my industry. Like I know the type of person, like like that lives there. That like I work with these people. They're the type of people that have that money to just like drop because not, not necessarily because they're very rich, but because they're, you know, like a, like me, like 35 year olds without families or any real responsibilities that just like spend money on frivolous things like this shit. And so it's like, that's the type of people that are going to fill up this arena. I know it. I'm telling you. And they're just going to be, they're not going to be into the product. Like they're just going there because it's the thing that's in their, their neighborhood that they want to be a part of so they can tweet and put on Instagram. That's my prediction that this crowd in Silicon Valley in, in, in there is not going to be the, uh, is, you know, um, Barclay center, 
ECW around. And Lesnar isn't going to get all the cheers. And conversely, Roman Reigns doesn't get all the boos. That's my prediction. Um, if you guys have anything to say about that, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense. Time will tell. I don't think you're. Uh, I don't think you're wrong about that that area and those people in that area. But I do. I do think that. I mean, it's kind of been shown the last few WrestleManias, whether it's Miami, New Orleans. I mean, those aren't exactly big smart uh, destiny. You know, big smart crowds. Um, usually, pretty smart audience. Uh, you know, because a lot of the international people, a lot of travelers, come in to go to WrestleMania. So I, that's kind of. I, I'm, I'm expecting more of that vibe then than the typical, uh, you know, San Jose Arena Raw, where that's, you know, usually like you just described. Yeah. Okay, good point. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, that's the WrestleMania show. Do you guys need to go over next? I'd like to in like 15 minutes or so. Uh, I I got to take off, so I'll leave you gentlemen to uh, to do it. I'll, the last thing I'll say before I leave is Roman Reigns, please take out the fucking blue contacts because they look ridiculous. He wears All right, blue but contacts? Keep up the good work, guys. And Shane, good job running the show. Good. I'm glad now I can rely on you to do this when I don't feel like it. Yeah, sounds good. All right, dude. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Thanks, Chris. See you, Chris. Jim, you want to go over uh, NXT? Well, it's the best uh, television show in the wrestling industry. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go over it. <laughs> that's exactly. I want to go my favorite show in wrestling, and we just watched a humdinger. And by humdinger, I mean so-so, uh, not that great, really, show, in, in my right. opinion. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll just give you a rundown, and then uh, I'll look to you for comments. And remember, when I say, you chime in immediately. Try and delay. might not be asked the next time. Uh, okay, so... They started the show with a women's championship match with uh, uh, um, what you call it? with um, uh, the boss Sasha Banks and um, the glitter sparkle girl Alexa Bliss, um, and uh, Sasha Banks retains the title. Jim, what do you think about? The, I have some big opinions about this match, and quite frankly, I don't know what to think. But just give me your little take on this particular match tonight. Um, well, I just I just kind of on a broader sense, um, uh, since this is the first podcast I've been on about wrestling, I just you know, NXT the what the divas do on NXT is just incredible. I mean, the, the, they steal the show all the time. <laughs> Everybody knows this. Right. Um, it would be unbelievable yeah. to anyone who doesn't watch NXT that how good they are. But um, the yeah. particular match was okay. I mean, Sasha Banks is is, is one of the best uh, women's wrestlers out out there, um, and it was it was it was good for what it is. I mean, you know, she just she just won the title. She's got to have you know a quick little feud with somebody before something bigger happens. But sure. um, and that's you know that's what it served, and uh, they did they did a good job with what they had. And, as usual on NXT, uh, you know everything kind of made sense throughout the build up, and uh, yeah, the, the finish was what it was. So, <laughs> yep, I thought, uh, yeah, you said it. I mean, everything made sense in the build up. Two complete two characters that should be opposed to each other. 
the girly glitter sparkles and the you know the ghetto ratchet uh hood rat you know whatever you want to call it that's just pretty insulting but you know like the two <laughs> sort of very opposite characters that should be naturally ratchet. feuding against each other yeah <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, one thing I also thought was, could you find like just one thing that was very appealing at the beginning of the match? Could you find two better entrances for women that like it just told you like, okay, this is this character and this is this character. I was a Martian that came down, you know, and this was experience with human beings like ever. I know exactly what to think about these two wrestlers before they got into the ring. Am I right? Like, just really good no, like, that's, entrances, that's right? Actually, that's, that's an excellent point about NXT in general, because I had not watched NXT. In yep. Yeah, in general. Yeah. And the yeah. first TakeOver show was the first live wrestling show they had on the network. And I'd never watched NXT before, and I totally got it in that first two hours. Like, there was no... Yeah. No, no misunderspanding about what this is and what this is. Yeah. But uh, I and I loved it, and I loved it yeah. ever since. And um, I think that that's <laughs> that's exactly the kind of thing that that, that makes it what it is. Um, yeah. And and those two, I mean, and the Sasha Banks character, the entrance music. Someone pointed it. I mean, I can't think of it. Somebody pointed it out on Reddit. The the entrance music of Sasha Banks is epic. It's it's like the best entrance music in the business. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it really perfect is. Perfect for her. You hear it in your head before. Yeah, it's yeah, perfect. It it's perfect. It, uh, it would, you could play yeah. that music. Somebody else, uh, you play that music over any WrestleMania video, and it would make sense. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what makes it so good, but um, okay. But as I praise it, this match was a stinker. I closed my computer because the smell was so bad. I thought it was just a botchy, horrible match. Um, it, it was the first, and it actually made me even question Sasha Banks a little, because I'm thinking like, well, is the only reason why I liked her is because she had, you know, possibly the top two percent of all athletes in Charlotte in the ring with her, like selling everything, like. <laughs> start watching Sasha Banks a little more closely. I thought it was a bad match. And I never say that about NXT. I, I didn't find it a, appealing. It was really sloppy. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Maybe I, I, I missed the point that. of it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't yeah. think, like, I didn't have a big expectation for it. And I didn't really, you know, necessarily look at it like it was going to be some sort of great match. You know, it was an opening match of the one-hour weekly show. And you know, yeah, it, it was what it was. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be. Yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously Charlotte does bring her up a level, I'm sure, and even like Becky Lynch probably brings her up a level. But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that that I don't disagree with. Yeah, I mean, you made a good point that maybe I'm have pretty high expectations for the opening match of a show, but just maybe I'm being super critical. Then I'm going to keep a close eye, so. Let it be known that uh, Shane Winter's watching you a little closely. Um, sure. This point on. Um, after that, uh, we had a great, uh, a great in quotation marks. You know that nice segment with uh, uh, the hugger girl Bailey and um, the Australian thief from uh, the WWE that didn't. What's the uh, 
her name, the blonde. Emma. Uh, the, the, yeah, Emma. Sorry, sorry. First thing that I noticed, I think Emma doesn't really come off, like, very well when she's in her wrestling gear, but she's really pretty. Um, oh, yeah. Noticed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really pretty, though. I mean, some girls just don't. No, I don't, I don't think that what she's wearing in the ring really accentuates her at all. Um, well, I think but, also maybe uh, just, just something I noticed. feeling because she was doing the goofy character for so long. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Jamie, she had a silly dance. She so, did the uh, silly dance, and she know. was you know with Santino <laughs> and that whole bit. And yeah, I mean that's not that's not their typical sexy vibe. <laughs> right. <laughs> point. But, Good uh, point, big guy. But, uh, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> the one thing I could say about Emma, the, the last thing she really ever did other than the Santino stuff was that uh, she had that great match with Paige in one of the first takeovers. But, um, I, you know, yeah, that, that segment was okay. Uh, it was... Uh, JB, you I loved that the, first uh, takeover special. <laughs> yeah. And Tons the, of references. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we met that was a. I, any thoughts on that segment? We obviously don't have to go through everything, but uh, but no, I thought I it was it, fine. You know. Just yeah, no, but yeah, no, it was fine. Just it was fine. Reasonable <clears throat> segment with characters with decent motivations on NXT. Can't say enough about this show. Really like it. Um, right. after that, what happened? Uh, do we have to go through everything? I guess not. But was there was well, you a match? Have the, right? you, have the big, you know, the highlight of every NXT show is the Enzo segment. So there was. <laughs> Of course, of course. But I think there was something before that. No? Was there? I was. I mean, they did like a uh, WrestleMania rundown. Uh, yeah, they did. They took up so much time with that. And then, yeah, um, kind of like this podcast. Yeah, that's right. That's right, <laughs> Jamie. Very, very. Uh, but yeah, after that, then there was the highlight, as you just said, to steal your line almost verbatim. Then the highlight of every. NXT show was the Enzo Cassidy and Carmella uh, spot in the back, which was ugh, how much more over can you get than these guys? I mean, I, I thought they were just hysterical. They really bring a sense of like true comedy to NXT to wrestling. Like this is something that I'd watch like, like just as a, I don't know, an SNL skit or something like, like there's the, the point is there's funny, then there's wrestling funny, which is wrestling funny. Isn't real comedy in any sense of the imagination. It's just stupid. You know, you might like chuckle at it, but this is comedy. This is actually like seriously funny, funny stuff. Like with the middle of the mall jewelry reference and Zales. And I think you said Thunder and light on the envelope, like just, yeah, just really funny stuff. Um, I'd love to see them get the call call up soon. Uh, Jamie, what what did you think of this this bit? Well, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was just you know, it was a good you know little backstage bit. Um, the, uh, the I think that they're somebody that can easily. I mean, they're so easily transferable to the main roster to me. I it seems like a no brainer, but. Um, it seems like, I don't know. I feel like maybe there's going to, there's a lot of speculation always who's going to go to the main roster. It's going to go to the main roster. Uh, to some degree, I, I don't know if that many people are, because I think they are trying to put NXT its own brand. 
really keep a lot of people around. Yeah. Maybe people think are going to be promoted, but I think that they're like so easily transferable to Raw. I mean, that, those backstage bits are as good as any backstage bit that Raw is going to do. They do the whole, you know, New Age Outlaws take off at the open, uh, and, and that would probably yeah. get over pretty easily. Um, unlike, you know, the Ascension, which is obviously not worked out. Uh, but sure. The uh, but yeah, that's you know that's that's what they do each week. They're they're always entertaining and uh, and I think pretty much in line here to to take those tag team titles. There's there's not really much there in the uh, division, so. Yep, agree. I mean, that's all. Uh, I like. Uh, I mean, they're a gimmick bit as best. Like they're, but what a good gimmick bit they are. So I want to see them have their run. I I don't see. They're both not great in the ring. You know, obviously Cass has a uh, the height and the size. He needs to work out a little more. You know, the same thing with Enzo. I guess. You know, these are really these are just two guys. And I mean that from the, you know, they're from where we live, like Enzo's from North Jersey, like Cass is from, I think Queens or something. I think he went to like Francis Lewis. Isn't the whole story with them too, like interesting with their, with their, they were like Enzo goes to Triple H's gym or something like that. (laughs) There's some angle like that going on with them. Like, yeah, and he just, yeah, yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like so, they're handicapped in the sense of like I'm sure they're totally natural. Like everybody in the WWE, you know, doesn't use steroids. But I mean, these are guys that aren't long steroid users. You know that they're just, you know, probably good athletes in their own right. I think they both had like amateur football experience and basketball. Um, so so which is interesting seeing the the WWE. You know that there's them or anything. They don't have famous like fathers that were in the this, it's interesting. I mean, it's really kind of interesting to see how them develop. But yeah, I mean, same thing. Enough about this. Um, let, let's get to the end. I mean, uh, so what did you think about Baylor? Uh, and there's probably a whole lot to say about these two guys. You know, it being your first, uh, you know, podcast at all. I, I haven't really touched upon them much. Like, think of the match. Yeah, well, the the match, um, I thought it was a good match. You know, they gave him a ton of time, um, so I thought they, they did well with the match. Um, the thing that I, I, I had in the back of my head that had, had it, I, I, I was less interested in the match in general because I actually somehow didn't know the result. But um, I, do, I do know that Owens is injured and that he's going to be missing some time. So I kind of felt like anything I didn't that know they that. were going to – yeah, he's he's out four to six weeks, I believe. Um, he's going to miss wow. the, the okay. San Jose show on Friday before WrestleMania. Um, so, knowing that, I kind of felt like they were going to probably lead something else for the next Takeover special in this match, um, and that that it wouldn't really matter because of the injury. Um, so, that was in the back of my head the whole time. But uh, the match, what it was, was good, and actually, there wasn't really all that much that was. That is going to lead to anything else. It was it was pretty much a clean win for for Owen. So, um, which which I think is interesting, but it kind of goes in line with these. There's a lot of rumors going around that Balor is going to be up on the main roster very soon. So, um, 
if that's the case, obviously he's not going to carry the title around up there. And Owens, they they have big plans for him, sure, in NXT to carry that title for a while. <clears throat> so, um, I mean, I thought it was a good match. It just, you know, there, there's not much of an angle there necessarily. But um, yeah. Okay, I uh, okay. I thought the match was okay. It obviously delivered uh, towards the end there. Not one of the, like the um, you know the best NXT matches that like take over, but good match. Some some nice spots. Obviously a good match. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I say good match, I I thought it was you know yeah. it was it was a typical kind of. They always kind of have a good main event on the NXT show. It's usually a yeah. decent match for a considerable amount of time. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't uh, not on the level of takeover show or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's st- still a good match. I-, I think we're on the same page with it. I- I'm very intrigued by just the development and of like Finn Balor in NXT thus far. Um, I think they have to be really careful uh, uh, going in here. Uh, Jamie, let me pose a question to you. What is Finn Balor's character right now? What's his gimmick? Um, he is Irish, and he sometimes wears face paint. I believe is his gimmick. <laughs> he's he's a good very wrestler. good. <laughs> that, yeah, and obviously we're we're very good friends, but we did not plan this out at all. And this is exactly my point. He has no gimmick. Like that's the thing. He's like he's Irish. And and he he paints himself sometimes. First, has nothing to do with anything. And they're they're just (laughs) grabbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just grabbing this because he did it in New Japan. And but in New Japan, this had okay. In New Japan, he had a very like um, established gimmick. He was the real rock and roller. I mean, you you can say what you want. you know, everything in New Japan is sort of like a reference to Western culture. So it was like a reference to Chris Jericho, but it was his own thing. I mean, he was uh, like, he, he was the cocky heel, the foreigner in New Japan that kind of like antagonized the, the, the Japanese wrestlers. And he was like, I mean, he was um, like a monster. He was sort of like, not like in the sense of a big guy, but he was an intimidating figure that led a cult of, you know, the Bullet Club in in Japan, where they're generally scared of foreigners. He was like that cocky heel, sort of like a, um, I, I don't know if I have a, a true comparison, but he had a very established gimmick. The reason why he painted himself is once again, he was antagonizing like Japanese comic book so he painted them like Venom and like these these evil characters. It, it, was, it was like a cosplay thing. But cosplay in the United States just means it's something like that and shit like that. It's like a sort of a weird, you know, just French thing. In Japan, it like meant a lot more. He was like antagonizing the specific, like a very wide culture in Japan. It was a heel move to kind of like paint himself like these characters and wrestle as them, like, like, a, like, a, like a big time heel move. In, in NXT, for some reason, he comes over and he's just this, like you said, this Irish guy that paints himself. 
And when he paints himself, they say he's unleashing a demon. No, he's not. He's doing the same exact moves that he does painted. I think they have, like, and I, I don't know. And I think they're going to have serious problems with, with Finn Balor, which I know is not what the IWC thinks and what's going on. But, like, you think that that gimmick, that entrance, that entrance is now extremely gay just very gay and i don't say that derogatory that done let me pose dun 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 strike a pose like that weird entrance it's just it's ridiculous and it's going to look so ridiculous on a, in a bigger stage and, and people in you know peoria illinois are going to be like what the hell is going on like i i like they have to give this guy like a character very soon if they want to go with the face paint and once again it leads back i think it's so funny like they always a lot like uh not a lot but recently they've been you know it goes back to the midnight rider with dusty Rhodes or or willow and jeff hardy you know there were these like wrestlers they put on these character masks and they become a different character and it always sucks what's funny is the one person that really pulled that off is Cody Rhodes, who comes out as Stardust and totally changed the way he walks, like his moveset. Cody Rhodes is amazing with guards of every second and never gets that um, that respect. But the thing is, with Finn Balor right now, the NXT and WWE, they just don't get it. And they're doing these things for Finn Balor that make no sense, absolutely no sense in this, this storyline. I'll start my stop, stop my rambling then. But Jim, what do you think about uh, ridiculous well, diatribe? I, I just I, went. It's interesting because you're 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 actually the one that turned me on to uh, to, to Prince Devitt at the time, and uh, I, I knew nothing about mm-hmm. this, and, and you've told me this whole background, you know, before, and um, and it's interesting because it's I mean I think it's it's very much over in it, and that's because you know the crowd at full sale is all smarks, and they all they all know what you pretty much what you just said and they just love him anyway whether you know it makes sense for him to be a face or heel or whatever um so i think it you know right now it works but yeah i mean i think that transition is going to be extremely tough i, I saw a video actually of him he did a he was at a house show just uh, i think last week he's doing that entrance and you know when he does it at full sale everybody's doing the, the pseudo randy orton pose he does um and then you know in the house show wherever it was, uh, you know, nobody knows what's going on. He's just doing this weird thing, and he's in the corner for no reason. He comes out and flips his arms <laughs> up again. Nobody knows what's going on. And, that, yeah, I think there's that transition. I mean, that's hard. Yeah, it's probably very off-putting. Guys. It's probably extremely yeah. off-putting. Yeah, and I mean, he wasn't even wearing the face paint. Like, how confused would everybody be then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um you know, I, I think I, that that's always a tough right now. His gimmick, his gimmick right now is Irish weird gay. That's his gimmick. That, that, <laughs> that, that, that's what I think people are gonna see his gimmick as. Like in 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 those people, kind of like that smarty attitude. Nobody's definitely were in that that camp. I think they were in that camp. <laughs> Jimmy, they were. I gotta see this. They were very confused. Correct. They had no idea. The guy who was filming it, because he knew what was happening, was very, very. Uh, 
Yeah. Very, very into it. Much like like a music you would be into it. <laughs> like real. Right, right. right. <laughs> but everybody else had no idea what was going on. And then they do the they did the whole bit, you know, the the lights come on and these other things. And they were I mean, everyone's just sitting down. No idea. I mean it was like a new Japan show, everyone's sitting down and it with no expression. So <laughs> Right, right. But they're not some Right. Like Finn Balor was used to it because he thought, "Oh, they're just." They're, he thought the crowd was just being their subdued Japanese crowd. He, he thought, "Oh, well, how great of them to play in, <laughs> you know, to make me feel comfortable in this." Right. Room. Yeah. But uh, no, I think that that transition is going to be tough because I think obvious. I mean, if you look at anybody in NXT for for, you know, I talk about end zone casts. Uh, being a pretty easy transition to WWE. They're an easy transition as like a comical fun act, you know, maybe it won't be taken seriously at some point down the road, but um, I think, you know, you look at Finn Balor, that's a guy uh, that he is the best, you know, future talent that they have down there. Uh, so, you know, that transition is very hard. Because figure out what they have very quickly or, or else it's going to be classic though just wasting talent and wasting a huge talent. Yeah. I just I mean Yeah. You know, yeah, I think you he's got he's got all the tools to look for. Um you know, I don't know if he has the size necessarily. I think that's probably the one thing lacking, but um they you know they've they've gotten plenty of guys over there aren't that um but he's obviously the guy in, in that company down there that's uh, that's gonna be that that has the potential anyway to be, you know, a main event type at WrestleMania one day. I mean, not, you know, next couple of years, but. Yep. Um, Which is interesting because it would lead me to one other thing I would want to say, because you kind of have an interesting kind of takedown of Finn Balor to some degree, which is an internet darling. And for me, I, uh, another internet darling in this match that I just don't, personally get is Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, whatever you want to call him. And I actually was hoping Chris was going to stay in line because I think Chris is a big fan because he's watching him in Ring of Honor. Now, I didn't have the, the treat of watching him in Ring of Honor, so I, maybe I just don't get it. Uh, <laughs> it's a treat. I do not. I mean, this is a guy who cannot transition to WWE, in my opinion. Um, I think he'd be fine. if uh, JV, I can't like wait to hear your fan. opinion on this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I think if you want to, you know, NXT hardcore brand, you want to have him down there with Samoa Joe and all these guys. I think that's fine, and they'll put on great matches. I I, I no doubt that he can put on a great match. But the idea, that Kevin Owens, uh, who now two straight weeks is going up against these guys who are just like in ridiculously good shape, <laughs> and he just looks, <laughs> and he looks he looks ridiculous. So, um, uh, I you know. Maybe I don't get it with Kevin. I mean, I like his I like his little character. I like his promos. I think they're fine. Um, I'm just having trouble seeing that kind of transition for him. I mean, JB, last I agree yeah. with you. I mean, JB, last week he took on this shiny statue of a man in Alex Riley, who. Uh, couldn't the definition of physical specimen um in nowhere that physics exists as a rule of nature would kevin owens uh beat that man alex riley 
uh, just physically. And yet, I mean, we have to believe it as a WWE watcher. It's um, Right. And I think it's, it, it's really problematic because you have guys, and, and, you know, sometimes I get annoyed with that whole Vince body image thing that he has up there. But it is a huge television right. product that millions of people watch, so I kind of get it. But then <laughs> yeah. there's guys like, there are yeah. smaller guys that have got no Brian and, you know, Michaels, and I think Balor could as a smaller guy. But Kevin Owens is portrayed as a big guy who does dominating moves yeah. like Brock Lesnar. Yet he doesn't, I mean, Alex right. Riley is almost like twice his size. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. I mean, guys who've done the and power then, I mean, Diesel and all these guys, it's not who he is. And he does this, like, push-up powerbomb where the other guy's, like, completely selling for him in every move. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. Yeah, I think I it works fine where, um, you know, where he's worked. But um, And, again, I think it could work fine in NXT for a long time. But um, I, I do, yeah, that, that transition I just don't see happening. I'm fine with Owens in the NXT world. Like, like all of these things work, like in like Finn Balor with the paint, like Owens being the power guy. All of these things work just great in the NXT, like, smarky universe. But, I mean, if they, and they have to decide if NXT is going to be its own promotion, then I'm fine with all these things. But, I mean, if, if WWE is, I mean, if NXT is supposed to be the only you know, just a breeding ground for main, for raw WWE talent, then it's an issue. Then they have to, you know, get get on track really quickly and, like, make sure that these guys that they're breeding, like, even to a degree. Like, Sami Zayn, he's great in NXT, but, I mean, when it comes to making that transition to the raw roster, like, God, what the hell is he going to do, you know? Like, I just... I, I, it's confusing. And I mean, I think the criticism is more on the WWE product than it is on the NXT product. Because when these guys are in NXT, we love them, we cheer for them, put on great shows. But they're just going to flounder up there when they get to WWE, you know, just as Bo Dallas did. Um, you know, and obviously there's a million other examples in the other retrospect when they do it right, like the, the Shield, for example. But right. I think well, the examples the, of Bray guys floundering. For example, I think. Bray Wyatt's a very good example of somebody yeah. who you might you might have said the similar things about Kevin Owens uh, that you would about Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt obviously is uh, is over with everybody. Kevin Owens is like a new. I know exactly what you're saying. Like Kevin Owens is like a new kind of eyesore, though. Like he, he's <laughs> he's not only fat. Like he's like like Bray Wyatt is yeah he has a little he has a little fat on him but he's really muscular like his arms are actually like huge you know what I mean and he's like like I mean there's we all know what it is like you you can be fat but still look like an athlete like uh, Kevin Owens does not look like an athlete he barely looks like a human being like he, he right. just and, looks like shit in every that, sense I mean, of the Bray world Wyatt but, has to have this you know, second coming of the Undertaker character and the execution exactly. the promos to even yeah. get there. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Kevin, yeah, Kevin Owens is a different kind of fat and ugly than Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. We, we, you know, it's hard to, de- to describe, but when you look, 
at both at uh if you have Ayat and Kevin Owens in um a, a lineup, you know, of two, you know, any girl would vomit, you know, equally <laughs> at their sight, but there's being extra disgusting about Kevin Owens that makes him unappealing for that main roster. Like like he has acne. He's like a thirty year old man. Like, just don't have acne, at least. Like, do something, man. Like, try. Come on. Yeah, like, like try. Like, it's your profession. Like, you're on television all the time. <laughs> like, like give, it, yeah. give it, like, something. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I guess it's working for him. You know, um, so we'll see. Uh, JB, we've killed uh, everyone's ears in this marathon-long uh podcast um so let's wrap it up do do we have any closing thoughts for the evening uh going into wrestle wrestlemania um uh, do do, do you have any closing statements give give, let's tell you what for our closing give a prediction this is really weird on what's going to happen on the the monday night raw after wrestlemania um, I think you'll definitely, definitely have a uh, fake Rollins cash-in in the Monday after WrestleMania. <laughs> um, there's no way they're going right. to do it, because I think they'll save that for the network. But um, uh, yeah. I think you'll definitely have the tease of one, if not again, if not also on Sunday uh, during Mania. I think the most important thing, actually, that maybe we didn't touch on at all, it's just the main event is still somewhat interesting because of the the factor of how Reigns never got over with the crowd as baby face and now, um, you know, uh, you know, Lesnar resigning, how is this all going to really play out? I think it is actually, it's made WrestleMania way more interesting um, than it was uh, on Monday, completely with that, that tug of war. Um, so, you know, I'll give him credit for that. And I'll tell you last year, I wasn't looking forward to WrestleMania that much. And, you know, not to sound like I think we were pretty negative on the WWE product overall, but um, I wasn't really looking forward to WrestleMania last year. I thought it was one of the best WrestleManias of all time. So um, mm. uh, I think you know a lot of that had to do with just the shock factor of the Undertaker losing. But um, I think mm. you know maybe maybe there's a, there's a chance that this this show can deliver also. And I think that the main event yeah. now is very interesting, and it's very much up in the air. I mean, I think before the Lesnar resigning, everyone kind of had the same idea about Reigns uh, going over, and you know, probably awkwardly going over. But um, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm, I'm yes, I'm looking forward to WrestleMania. I'm probably looking forward to more. Um, JB, I think you should have a WrestleMania party, probably, and ruin your house and uh, everybody's night. Um, right. like, like, I think it'd be more excited for <laughs> WrestleMania if I had something to do, I guess. And kind of that's where I was going with that. Like, um, I, I'm yeah. excited for it. Like I, I, like, I, like, I love wrestling. Like, everyone loves it. I love wrestling. I, I, I mark out for it every Monday night on Raw. I'm always on the message boards. Like, I love So I'm excited for it. You know, I, I wish there was a little better buildup. Um, I, in terms of my prediction, I think uh, Sheamus is coming back on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, and Bo Dallas will come back Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. That, that's where I'm going with that. 
okay, you think any of the superstars show up on Monday Night Raw like Paige did last year? Uh, really good question. Um, wait, who showed up last year? Paige showed up the night after WrestleMania and won the uh, oh, that's right. Won won the Divas title. I mean, who's gonna show up? I love how they really destroyed Charlotte's like. Like, why'd they do that? Why'd they have her come in and jump to Natalia? Yeah, I think that was, that was, that was kind of interesting. Like, yeah. uh, that was, uh, that was I really think, confusing. It was very confusing, but I think overall, I think no one will ever really remember that in the long run. When she, yeah. when she does kind of make a run, when, which is probably going to be very soon. I mean, I guess that would probably happen after. I mean... I'm so scared about Neville and Zane. I'm so scared about both of them coming up, you know? Right. Well, there's going to Neville, be apparently one of the, one of them is going to be in the Battle Royal. There's going to be some some tournament That's on the right. NXT show on Friday, and then one of them is going to be in the Battle Royal on Sunday. There's a show on Friday that's going to be on the network? No, no, it's not going to be on the network. It's just an NXT show in San Jose that I think was like a 4,000-seat arena that they sold out in like like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Why wouldn't they advertise that tonight? I think they mentioned – they did mention it on the um, – they did mention it did on the Did they mention it? Vignettes. Yeah, on like one of the little vignettes, they mentioned something about during WrestleMania week, NXT is going to be at Access, they're going to be at this, They're going to, but they're also going to do the show and – San Jose, I think San Jose University or something like that. San Jose State University, maybe. I don't know. It'd be very funny if Alex Riley won that uh, that Rumble and it's just like <laughs> the long-awaited <laughs> WWE return of Alex Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 interested in that. I guess, like, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm still gonna watch TNA on Friday. Swear to God, it's one of, you know, just to see what happens in the continuing storyline of EC3 and Rockstar Spud. And thus, the podcast has come full circle. <laughs> Everybody tune in to CNA Friday so they can understand what we talk about on Wednesday next week. And <laughs> JB, when are we doing our next podcast? Are we going to reconvene on Wednesday? Will this be our time? Uh, I think it's a good time. I mean, it's somewhat, you know, it's just kind of after Raw and, uh, yeah, the latest NXT. Um, but we'll see what the feedback is from the thousands of listeners. Yeah. We actually have, uh, uh, we have four listeners listening live right now. So hello four listeners. And we also, um, you know, people will download and stuff like that. So if you have any feedback, uh, email us at windowpodcast uh, at gmail.com. You can tweet ShaneWinter14. Uh, Jim, do you want to give me your Twitter? Yeah, it's uh, just Jim Carr, C-A-R-R, on Twitter. Excellent. So just Jim Carr, C-A-R-R, on Twitter. And, uh, yes, thank you for listening. Uh, give us your feedback. I'll stay in touch and we'll see you next week. Sorry about the beginning, just some, but I'll play us out with uh, to, to go home too. All right, Jim. All right. Good night.
Check on. 